Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. I'm excited again today. We're continuing our series on Genesis. If you've missed any so far in the series, go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess. You can watch the whole series. By the way, you can download the outline we're using here. And we're challenging you in this series on the book of Genesis to start an in-depth, interactive study group in your area. Our topic today, All Nations and Babel. So welcome to Hope Sabbath School. Welcome to the team. Great to see you again. Special welcome to Sabina, who will be teaching today. And that's something special about this series on Genesis. The series is entirely taught by our Hope Sabbath School team members. And I'm really excited about that because we're praying that God would multiply a hundred, a thousand times people teaching the Word of God around the world. I'm also excited because we have a gift for you, and that gift is a copy, digital copy, of the amazing book, Patriarchs and Prophets. That book we're offering to you absolutely free. We've got more than 20 languages and also audio. All you have to do is go to hopetv.org slash hopess, click on the free gift button, and you can make the connection there. And uh, we're just thankful it's available in so many languages. The first 21 chapters of Patriarchs and Prophets deals with this book of Genesis that we're studying. And there's 52 more chapters taking you all the way through the prophets to King David. So great resource. Hope you've already taken advantage of it. If not, go to the website. By the way, I don't want to forget our remote team members who are joining us for our study today. Shana, always good to have you uh, joining us from Maine. We're glad you're here. And uh, Puya, good to have you joining us from Hawaii. And Jonathan, great always to have you from Maryland. We really appreciate our remote team members, don't we? Because it adds diversity to our team. And we're glad you're with us too as we study together. We're always happy to hear from you, our Hope Sabbath School members around the world. You can write to us at sshope at hopetv.org. And don't say, oh, Derek, you don't need to hear from me. We're encouraged to hear from our Hope Sabbath School family. Mm -hmm. And uh, you'll hear just a few. Uh, Lois writes from New Zealand and says, I love Hope Sabbath School. (laughs) I'm 67. The only Sabbath school I've attended for years is Hope Sabbath School. And now everything's closed due to COVID. I've attended every Sabbath with you and the wonderful team. Wow, what a blessing and such a lovely spirit. And we say, Amen. Amen. That's the spirit of God, right? Lois, thanks for writing to us from Christ Church there on the South Island of New Zealand. We're glad you and your husband are part of our Hope Sabbath School family. Kazembe writes from the country of Zambia. Do we have a lot of Hope Sabbath School members in Zambia? Mm -hmm. Kazimba writes and says, I want to share the blessings I receive when I watch Hope Sabbath School. When I go to church, Christ speaks through me to the edification of my class because of your sharing on Hope Sabbath School. That's the multiplication, right? Well, Kazembe, we want to challenge you to actually download the outline, maybe become a Sabbath School teacher in your church and invite others. What I do is I make a copy of the outline for everybody in the group so we can all follow together. Kazembe concludes and says, God bless you all as I share with others the words of Christ. Well, we're on a team together. Thanks so much for writing to us. 
Here's a note from a donor in Oregon, in the United States of America. And the donor writes and says, I love this. This is beautiful. Recently, a friend mentioned that she was watching Hope Sabbath School and that she loved it. What do we call that? That's a testimony, right? That's a testimony. I'm being blessed and I'm telling you about it. So the donor writes, I thought I would try it. And I found out that I really enjoy it. It's upbeat and stimulating. Plus, I've learned that I can watch any time now because I downloaded the app on my phone. Okay. You can get our Hope Channel app and you can watch uh, any show, including Hope Sabbath School, whenever you'd like to. The panel is well chosen as to appeal to listeners from around the world. Well, thank you for pointing that out, donor. I won't mention your name, but take a look at our group, right? We look like the world. And we're so thankful that... Uh, that you're uh, appreciating that because we, we have Hope Sabbath School members in over 200 countries. From the emails I read, the program is certainly having a worldwide appeal, and this warms my heart. Enclosed is a donation. This is from a new viewer, right? Yeah. Who was told by a friend <laughs> about Hope Sabbath School. Awesome. I enclosed a donation to hasten the spread of the gospel through your program and a donation of $1,000 wow. to bless this global ministry. Thank you so much, donor from Oregon. I hope you're hearing this, even though we don't share names of donors. But I want to say to each one of you that have said, I want to be part of this miracle, thank you. And you can go to hopetv.org slash donate, click on the donate button, say, I want to be a part, whether it's $10 or $1,000, you can be a part of the miracle. And as you hear lives being changed, you can say, praise God, Amen. we're working Amen. together. Amen? Amen? Amen. Here's a note from Sunimal. Sunimal, an Indian physician, John, studying in Oman. Wow. You say, wow, we're reaching people in a lot of places. Yes. Sunimal writes and says, I follow Hope Sabbath School frequently now. God bless you in this phenomenal gospel ministry. Amen. The insights and thoughts contributed in this in-depth study, throw light in our study of the Scriptures. Amen. I'm a third-generation Seventh-day Adventist Christian from the state of Kerala, 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 India. Thank you for your help, John. I'm currently on study leave, being trained at the Sultan's Cancer Center in Muscat, Amman, originally part of the faculty at the Christian Medical College of Valor, India. I'm thankful to God Almighty for giving me the privilege to work in this institute and to serve humanity. Amen. I'm a keen and regular follower of Hope Sabbath School, and I'm hoping to be a diligent seeker of the truth. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Here's a physician from India. John, that's your home country, yep. studying in Oman who loves the Lord and wants to be a diligent seeker of the truth. Amen. Amen. Sunamal, thank you so much. You not only encouraged our team, you encouraged thousands of people around the world by your testimony. One last note from Lily in Canada. Lily writes, shortly after my conversion experience, I searched for as many Bible studies as possible, and I found oh, Hope Sabbath School. <laughs> And I sent for your scripture songs so I could memorize the Bible verses. Now I actually watch Hope Sabbath School and transcribe each lesson. 
and use that as my guide when I teach a Bible class. Well, Lily, that's exactly what we're wanting to do during this series. All team taught by our team members is encourage other people just like you. Thank you for sharing. I start my Sabbath, Lily, right with you and the team. I completely enjoy watching Hope Sabbath School and listening to all the team members sharing and bringing new insights from their experiences. And I share that in my class. Many times, I wish I could just jump into the discussion. (laughs) Thank you for your dedication and sharing the heart and love of God. Now hear this sentence. I was recently rebaptized, and my husband was baptized with me. Amen. Amen. I got to just say hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know the Holy Spirit led me to Hope Sabbath School and is helping me to develop and grow. God bless you and your team abundantly. Your sister in Christ, Lily. You know, sometimes people ask, "Why why do you read these emails? The answer is God is a miracle working God. Amen. And right now, we're going to sing about him a song, the words written by the sons of Korah, Psalm 47. Tune written by my wife to help us memorize it. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph, for the Lord Most High is awesome. He's a great king over all the earth. Let's sing together. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph, for the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. Oh, clap your hands. All you people shout to God with a voice of triumph For the Lord Most High is awesome He is a great King over all the earth For God has gone up with a shout The Lord with the sound of a trumpet Sing praises to God, sing praises Sing praises to our King, sing praises Oh, clap your hands, all you people Shout to God with a voice of triumph, for the Lord Most High is awesome. He is the great King over all the earth. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing praises with understanding. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our King, sing praises. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph, for the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great King over all the earth. He is a great King over all the earth. He is a great King over all the earth. The Lord Most High is awesome. Amen. 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 We're going to pray now as Sabina will lead us in our study, All Nations and Babel that the love of God would be revealed and lives would be changed. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I just want to pray for Sabina. Now I'm thinking she's going to pray, but I want to pray for her, that you would anoint her in a powerful way. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Come and pray with our team. Yes, my pleasure. Let's pray. Our God, you are an awesome God. Amen. You are wonderful and you really deserve our praise, Lord. We are so excited, so happy to be here once again. And we just want to invite your Holy Spirit to impress our minds with truth and that you will speak also, Lord, to each one of those individuals who will be watching us. Yes. Our brothers, our sisters and friends all over the world, Lord. Amen. We pray that they are going to be encouraged by this word to live the life that you have for us. It's the life abundant that we find in Christ. 
And I pray all those things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, as we continue this survey through the book of Genesis, I'm reminded of some questions that I often get when I get calls in my work as a chaplain, a phone chaplain. So one of the questions that I get more often, Pastor Derek and friends, is the question of how can it be that the God of the Old Testament is not as good as the God of the New Testament? Mm. And I turn to the callers and I, for a moment, just go quiet and listen to what they have to say. But immediately I point them to his scriptures and show how actually I find that usually we have even more stories in the Old Testament to prove to us how gracious, how good, how kind is God and how ready He is to redirect our path even when we are going in disobedience. In disobedience. And today, as we're going to turn to the story of the descendants of Noah and of the first ones of the first civilization after the flood, we are going to look into two stories that are going to inspire us once again to recognize that our God is an awesome God and that He has a lot of mercy to pour <laughs> upon us. Amen? Amen. And so, for starting with that, I would like to invite Jason, maybe, if you could turn to us uh, to the book of Genesis chapter 9. And then we are going to be reading from uh, verses 18 to 25, Jason. And I would like we all here to be thinking already, what is the message of this strange story that Jason is going to be reading for us and to consider also, why do you think this is included in scripture? Mm. Okay, so Jason. I have the New King James Version here. Genesis chapter nine, verses 18 through 25 says, Now the sons of Noah who went out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Ham was the father of Canaan. These were the sons of Noah, and from these the whole earth was populated. And Noah began to be a farmer, and he planted a vineyard. Then he drank of the wine and was drunk, and became uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father, and told his two brothers outside. But Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders, and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned away, and they did not see their father's nakedness. So Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done to him. Then he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants. He shall be to his brethren. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Jason. So what do you think, friends? Why do you think that this story is here? What are your thoughts about it? Yes, John. I think that's uh, something that's amazing about the Bible is it tells what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Noah, he was obedient to God and he followed God's instructions all throughout until this time, but here he commits something that is not good. And the Bible does not leave out the bad and just keep the good. It simply tells for what it is. And so the Bible is simply retelling history of what really happened with Noah and the mm -hmm. sin that he committed. Mm, okay. Jason, I saw you had your hand up. Yes, so I think it's important here because we've heard about Noah, but then we want to understand what happens afterwards 
particularly with his family. We saw in you know Genesis with Adam and Eve, we saw what happened with their family. Mm -hmm. Now we're seeing a little more what happens with Noah and his family. Okay. I wonder, that, Beck, John, there's a good point when you talk about, you know, the Bible tells the whole story. I, I wonder if he deliberately got drunk. That would be a sin to, or if it was an accident. I mean, I don't mm -hmm. know. You know, you take something and you go, this doesn't taste quite right, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that the scripture says it was like a willful transgression. Mm -hmm. So whether it was a sin, willful transgression, or whoops, you know, I drank mm -hmm. the wrong thing and, and I'm, it, it's affected my brain. Mm -hmm. uh, the real issue is how the sons relate to him. Mm -hmm. yeah. But uh, whichever one of those two, we'll probably get a thousand emails telling us which one it was. Um, I would agree with John that the Bible tells the whole story. This, this is what happened. Mm -hmm. Okay. Travis, you had your hand up? Well, I think, too, that we're starting to see... Um, a similarity, you know, I know we're building into that, but we're starting to see yep. a similarity between the mm -hmm. fallen of Adam and Eve and even Noah um, mm -hmm. now uh, not being covenantly faithful to God. Yes, that's true. Yes, Nancy. I'm seeing a difference between the characters of these boys. I'm a mother of three boys myself, and I yes. can tell you that each one is very different. Mm -hmm. But I would have been so, so disappointed to see the disrespect with which um, Ham treated his father. But it's interesting that the cursed is Canaan, his son. So I think what is happening here is um, we, need to, we need to realize that the influence of the parents mm -hmm. makes a big difference in the children. Mm -hmm. So Ham's disrespect toward his father mm -hmm. is actually going to be transmitted to Canaan mm -hmm. and his children. And so as parents, we need to be so careful about what, I mean, we all make mistakes, but, mm -hmm. you know, just be a shining example of mm -hmm. what God wants us to be, because the opposite is also true. What Shem and Japheth, um, their attitude was just so respectful. They did, you know, um, Canaan wanted to almost like mock his father um, mm -hmm. in this vulnerable position that he was, uh, that he was in. But Shem and Japheth had respect and they covered him. And mm -hmm. so we see that later um, Shem becomes the father of the Semitic people, which is th through which Jesus came. Mm. Very good. Thank you so much, Nancy. Yes, Pedro, I see you have your hand up also. I like the, the, the comments that are coming. But one thing that uh, draw out my attention is that when we read these stories here in the Bible, it shows that the Bible is relatable. You know, we all have family fields. We all have our mistakes. We all have our, our encounters. And I can relate with the message. And I can say, yes, I have lived things here, uh, make shame on myself or have been shamed by others. And the Bible doesn't hide the, a perfect Noah who made a perfect ark and put perfect animals. It says, no, he was a man like me. And he had his struggles. He has his family. He had the, the, all these things, but he wanted to be faithful to God. And he wants to share that transparency. And we see that transparency of his love for Jesus, uh, at least on two of his sons. Well, I won't say that uh, uh, Ham was a, a negative, but he made something foolish of himself. I believe that the story is here to give us some lessons. We can learn some things about, you know, the first people that came out of the flood, they were the, the kids and the children of Noah. And what is it that start developing after the flood as a civilization? 
right? So maybe we would expect that all the people that would come out of that ark with Noah, they would be after experiencing all that situation that we studied in our last study, how difficult things had been, that maybe they would turn their hearts fully to God. But it sounds like things were not quite this way, right? Mm -hmm. And if we consider that, maybe we can make also some connections, as Travis was saying, with the chapter 3 of Genesis. And do you see any similarities between the events that are uh, narrated in the fall of humankind and this event here that we are reading about, the story of Noah and his children? Mm -hmm. Yes, do you see something, Travis? I, um, yeah, I see lots of similarities and actually quite a few differences as well. Okay. One of the differences that I saw is that <clears throat> Adam and Eve in the garden you know, pre-temptation, they didn't have a deceiver. They had to actually get close to him. Mm -hmm. But now um, Satan has access to all these people, you know, to Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and the, and the rest of the family. Mm -hmm. And so there's that difference. But what I do see is that, well, one, Noah's a farmer, and Adam and Eve were in the garden. They were farmers. I also see that he illegitimately took, partook of the tree, and got himself drunk and became naked. And that's what happened to Adam and Eve. Illegitimately took of the tree and became naked. And so there's some similarities where we see this same fall. And I'm thinking, boy, it doesn't take long after the flood and we already have this trend down. Mm, okay. I also saw, Puya, you have your hand up. Yes, uh, to pick up on where uh, Travis left, uh, Travis left. Uh, after the nakedness, I think in, in comparison to Genesis 3, we, we continue to see in both stories the covering of the nakedness uh, and also uh, followed by a blessing as well as cursed. And so it seems that the story of Noah reconnects us back to um, the story of Adam and Eve and their fall and unfortunately continues to show us of... Uh, the unfortunate uh, history of uh, the fall of mankind, that it continues through the generations. Yes, thank you so much, Puya. And the reality also is that just as with Aden and Eve, how their sin has eventually reflected in the life of their children, we also know from the Bible that the seeing of him has also reflected in the life of his descendants. And to take a look on that, I would like to invite maybe Gladys, if you could take us to Genesis chapter 19 uh, and read for us, please, verses 5, 7. And then from verses 31 to 35, and we are going to take a look at what happened to the descendants of him. Okay, I'll be reading from the New International Version, Genesis chapter 19, verses 5 to 7 and 31 to 36. They called to Lot, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. Lot went outside to meet them and shut the door behind him and said, no, my friends, don't do this wicked thing. Verse 31 says, one day the older daughter said to the younger, our father is old. And there is no man around here to give us children. That is, the, that is the custom all over the earth. Let's get our father to drink wine and then sleep with him and preserve our family line through our father. That night, they got their father to drink wine and the older daughter went in and slept with him. He was not aware of it 
when she lay down or when she got up. Then the next day, the older daughter said to the younger, last night I slept with my father. Then let's get him to drink again tonight and we'll go in and you go in and sleep with him so we can preserve our family line through our father. So they got their father to drink one that night also and the younger daughter went in and slept with him. Again, he was not aware when, of when she lay down or when she got up. So both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father. Mm, okay, so we see that there is something happening some generations after that generation of Noah and his children. And what is the scene that we are seeing represented here that is repeated again? Can someone identify as Nancy? The drunkenness mm -hmm. and then also the disrespect, the, disrespect. the extreme disrespect for your father. Mm -hmm. oh. Yes, Travis. And it, I'm seeing sexual sins. I mean, mm -hmm. here we have, uh, I mean, I'm th sitting here thinking to myself, this has really gotten bad quite quickly. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm starting to think, how, even when I'm thinking of Lot, you have to drink a lot of stuff to not know that something like that happened. And I thought, uh, how could he even let himself get to the point where you're drinking so much that you're not even aware that anyone's around you? Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, this is just a sad story. Yes. And, and, and seeing it in the context of the great battle between good mm -hmm. and evil, which we saw starting in the garden, the children are Moabites yes. and Ammonites, mm -hmm. who are fierce enemies mm -hmm. of the oh, people of God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there, there's a bigger picture, isn't there? there mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. serpent, that old serpent, the devil and Satan, who, who tempted our first parents, is, mm -hmm. is, is constantly harassing people mm -hmm. and, and trying to destroy the image of God, the beauty of the character yes. of our loving uh -huh. creator. Yes. And, and, and we see it, it unfolding in these narratives. Unfortunately, yes. And if I got to, if I understand you both well, Travis and Pastor Derek, it sounds like there is a downward slope happening. Mm -hmm. And also adding to what Nancy said, it all, all started with the disrespect mm -hmm. towards the parent, also the drunkenness that is associated to that. And it looks like one thing is adding to the other to make things worse as generations go by, right? Yes, Nancy. Another thing I need to say about this story is that um, we see that the daughters are taking their um, their future into their own hands. Mm -hmm. They decide that the only way they will have children is through incest, mm -hmm. as if God can't find a way for them to have children. Mm -hmm. So this mentality of, I'll figure it out myself. Mm -hmm. I don't care what God's law is. Well, I know how to do it. Okay, mm -hmm. yes, Jonathan. Yeah, as uh, Pastor Derek mentioned, it seems it's very interesting that we look at the following history. Um, a good majority of the uh, peoples that were significant enemies of Israel were all descendants of Canaan. And so it just shows how, uh, you know, things transfer through our, our cultures and our, our family. Mm -hmm. Yes, Jason. So a scary thing about this now is that uh, the sons Lot and his family they're actually descended from Shem. They're actually descended from another one of Noah's sons. Mm -hmm. So now it's not just the descendants of Ham and Canaan, but now even the good sons' uh, children have corruption in them. So mm -hmm. that's kind of a scary thing. It is. Uh, just because one person makes a mistake in one family, 
Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that we are immune necessarily ourselves, which is mm -hmm. why it's important to always be in that relationship with God. That's so true, Jason. Amen. And well, as we considered also, as we started this program talking about, it's true that we are going to see a lot of challenges in the Old Testament, and this story is an example. But it's also true that when there is sin, when there is sin, there is also grace abounding. Mm -hmm. And we can Amen. see that in the story that happens here, still in the same story. And for that, if maybe Pedro, if you would take us to Genesis 9 and just read to us verses 26 and 27. And I would like you to be already looking for the prediction that Noah is making about his other two sons. In the same event, we are going to have a prediction. And I would like you to be considering that as Pedro reads Genesis 9, 26 and 27, please. I'll be reading from the New King James Version, uh, Genesis 9, 26 and 27. And he said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Jesseph, and may, and may he dwell in the tents of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. Mm -hmm. So what is the main prediction? Does anyone know here what's the main prediction that we are talking about when Noah is referring to his children. Yes, Pedro. We see here that Kenneth is being uh, putting under the yoke of their uh, of their their brothers, or obviously their mm -hmm. uh, uncles in some ways, or the descendants. There's a bondage coming in because of their choices, mm. and we can see this happening and uh, throughout the stories that we've been reading in Genesis here, and then even further in. Um, later on uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, mm. that every time we make something, a mistake, we're putting ourselves under the budget, but bondage uh, of someone, and mm. that someone can be harmful. Yes, Pastor Derek. So I'm thinking uh, when you say, you know, there's always grace and God's revelation. There is. Um, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and then God enlarged Japheth. When any of us, and these are two of the sons of Noah, when we say, I'm going to choose to stay connected to the Lord God, yes. we will be blessed. Amen. Amen. We will be blessed. Yes. Even not perfect, like you mm -hmm. said, but we will be blessed. And I think that it's not like, well, the whole Noah family just failed. No, I can choose to stay connected to this loving mm -hmm. creator God who's also my redeemer. Amen. Yes. And I would like to know if someone here knows who are the descendants of Shen? Is there anyone that has that in their heart? The main person that we can carry. Yes, Jason. Well, one of the descendants of Shem was Abraham. And so you literally have Jesus line there through Shem, the Messiah. Exactly. Thank you so much, Jason. Exactly. So there was seeing abounding in that situation, but there was also a promise that was pointing to a future with hope in Christ. Amen. Even there back when the civilization was in its rebirth, when we saw that there were so many things that were similar to what had happened in the Garden of Eden, even with the fall, but yet God again, back there he had given a promise that Jesus would come, and again he is reinforcing his promise. Yes, Jason. And if we also want to look at some of the descendants as well uh, with grace, some of the descendants of Canaan did get to be part of the promise. Mm -hmm. We have Rahab, and then some of the descendants of this horrible Lot situation, 
we have Ruth that comes from that. And so God in his mercy still can bring in <laughs> these people by their choice. They become part of God's family line. Amen. 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 Praise God. Thank you so much, Jason. <laughs> yes. So as we continue then this study, we have now already a glimpse of God's grace just after the flood when these people were difficult again with God. God was again pouring upon his grace. And then we are going to follow to chapter 10. And there is a long line there. It's, you know, their uh, genealogies. And you can just review it. We are not going to read it right now. But if you just turn your Bibles to Genesis 10. Um, and I would like to know if someone here has a clue of why is it, do you think, that there are so many genealogies recorded in the Bible? <laughs> yes, John. You know, there are two things that gene genealogies of the Bible show. First, it shows mm -hmm. that the Bible is not mythology like other sacred texts. Mm -hmm. uh, the stories and events and people in the Bible are anchored in history. Mm -hmm. So we can trust the Bible that uh, it's historicity. The second, it helps us to trace the line through which uh, Jesus will come, the promise that was given in Genesis 3.15. So I see those two important things because mm -hmm. of genealogy. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yes, Shayna. So genealogies also show us or give us somewhat of an idea of why someone may be the way they are. And so in biology, we learn about traits and how mm -hmm. uh, two individuals come together and they make a child, but the child may be nothing like the two parents, but they're like a grandparent or a great grandparent. Mm -hmm. So the genealogies spread out can, you know, help you to trace back why is this person the way that they are. And and as we've been seeing in these texts that we've been reading, you know, these traits and, and habits do pass through generations. Mm -hmm. Yes, Jonathan. Yeah, I just think it's interesting to see um, Sodom and Gomorrah listed under the um, progeny of, of Canaan right there, along with um, the Hivites and the Amorites and these others. That it just seems pretty clear that same thing we were talking about before. Mm -hmm. Yes, Travis. So I just want to actually build on what they're saying. So what I think we see uh, in, in the genealogies is we see the sinfulness of sin, because through the genealogies, we can see the trend downward, but also we see the mercy of God. Amen. And then we see the faithfulness of God and what happens when we do, as Derek had mentioned, uh, put our faith in God. So you can see the two trends and we can actually make a, a logical decision just based on the genealogy. Maybe I'll put my trust in Jesus mm, because yes. that seems to be the best trend. So yeah. I think that there's a lot we can learn from, from genealogy. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. Yes, and also, yes, Pedro, go ahead. Well, it, it reminds me of the second commandment that talks about the blessings of God. We see God's grace there. It says, well, the fourth the, to the third and fourth generation, there is probably we see that trend, but it, there's God's mercy for a thousand generations trying to bring us back to him. And we can see through the nation of God reaching out to every single one of them, even the, the Moabites and the Amorites uh, and, uh, and all the descendants. God is trying to offer them grace. Amen. Thank you so much, Pedro, for your contribution. And also to me, as I look to this text, right after reading this situation that Nancy was sharing was so disrespectful towards Noah, that makes us feel so hopeless. Right after that, when we read this whole genealogy, and then if we are able to connect that to the future that we have in Christ, 
it's really giving us hope, right? Maybe if we didn't have this genealogy here right after this event, we could be wondering and asking, will there be an end for that? Will there be a solution? But yet God has inspired his prophets to leave that recorded so that nowadays, even when we identify more with Ham than with Shem, even when we identify more with Cain than with Abel, we still know that there might be hope for us, right, Jason, as he was sharing. There might be a space that God may make in the future eventually, even to redeem us from the curses that are received from generation after generation. We know that there is salvation for us. Amen. We just need to look towards Jesus, right, Pastor Derek, and keep going because even in our heart, in our difficulty, he will be there to rescue us as long as we allow. Amen? Amen. So as we continue studying this beautiful story that is going to unveil, it is beautiful, even though it sounds difficult, but it will end in a beautiful way. I would like to invite you to turn your Bibles now to uh, chapter 11 of Genesis. So we are jumping already to chapter 11. We saw what happened right after the flood. We consider this genealogy that we see in the book of Genesis chapter 10. But now we are going to look at a different story that is also a very famous story. And that's the story of the Tower of Babel. And maybe if we could have Shana. Um, Shana, would you turn with us to Genesis 11 and read from 11 chap uh, verses 1 to verse 4, please. Sure, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Mm. Mm -hmm. mm, thank you so much. So what is it that you were seeing already here? Again, signs of rebellion. Yes, Gladys. It just sounds like Satan. You know, he was in heaven. He wants to reach higher than than the standard that he already had. He he wants to be more. So they just define God right there. It's like, okay, the earth was destroyed by a flood. We were going to make ourselves, like Nancy was mentioning before, trying to solve the, the, the their destiny on their own hands, just take it on their own hands and solve it for themselves. Mm -hmm. Not you. counting on God. Yes, Puya. And, and I find it interesting that they specifically use the word, let us build for ourselves, let us make. These are echoing of the words of the Godhead, God himself, when he created uh, mankind and the world, right? Let us make. Uh, and so I, I see the parallel of these people trying to replace uh, the replace God himself in their lives. And uh, the, the, another issue to this is that God promised that there will no longer be a flood that would destroy uh, the planet like um, uh, the story of Noah. Uh, but obviously, they don't want to trust the word of God. I think that's that's the issue here. Mm -hmm. Good point. Yes, Travis. I just want to build on what Puya is saying. I think that's really powerful what he's saying. And 
um, to make a name for yourself when we should be calling on the name of the Lord is, mm-hmm. is an act of definite rebellion. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's right. And, and it's an act of creation. They're creating something to make a name for themselves. And God is mm-hmm. our creator mm-hmm. and, and our sustainer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, wow, this is just a, a real act of rebellion. It is, right, Travis? Yes, uh, Pedro. One thing that jumps out to me is the, is the final phrase here, let's say, be scattered abroad over the face of the whole world. And we see coercion mm-hmm. here happening. They're mm-hmm. trying to control people. And this is the work of Satan, trying to control, control. And says, let's, let's try to build a hub and control people. Otherwise, they will be scattered and will not be able to control them. Mm-hmm. God says, you know, I want you to be free. And we see the language of God and the language of the enemy. And then he wants to control people. God says, no, I want you to be free. I want you to inhabit the earth and feel it. Mm, yes. Um, well, we do see the signs of rebellion here taking place, right? And I think that Gladys mentioned something that these signs of rebellion, they remind us of, us of someone else. Mm. It's a person that has been appearing in this story on and off. And I would like us to turn to the book of Isaiah. Uh, chapter 14, and maybe Shana, if you could uh, help us get there. So Isaiah chapter 14, and we'll be reading from verses 12 to 14. And I would like you all to be considering as Shana reads this passage, how do you think that this behavior that these people were reflecting in the plain of Dura is reflecting the character, not of God, but of Satan? Mm. Shana? I'll be reading from the New King James Version. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning! How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations! For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Mm. Okay, so what do you see here? Are there any similarities? Yes, Pedro. Well, we see complicity similarities with the, 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 we'll say the Tower of Babel people and Satan here, the same desire to go high in heaven, to take the place of God here, to ascend like God, says, mm-hmm. and take control, not in a freedom way, but in a, in a, in a cohortive way. Like, mm-hmm. no, we need to, to have charge here and try to force his, his way like mm-hmm. they did. Yes, Shayna. And it, it mirrors, it's parallel to what the, the people said at the Tower of Babel. Let's make a name for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Satan said, let me, you know, exalt. Let me establish my throne um, I'm going to be better than this God. And so it, it's a sense of them saying, you know, I'm going to establish myself here because I've made it. You know, we did this. I did this. And so it's it's definitely a lot of pride and, and self-exaltation here. I see. So I'm hearing from the group that there was pride. There was the need for control, desire for self-exaltation. It's kind of interesting that they were displaying these characteristics even after having so many stories of God's redemption in their lives, right? Mm -hmm. Jonathan, I saw that you had your hand up. Do you have a comment? Yeah, I find it interesting how this um, is the exact same 
uh, location where later there you would have the the city of the, the country of Babylon, which the Bible later uses as the symbol of spiritual pride of um, rebellion against God of this um, religious power that is trying to uh, take the place of God and almost like the spirit of trying to um, stand in the place of God as if we are God. And um, it seems like all of this starts with these symbols. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in if we look to their lives, you know, I think that we also can relate sometimes to the need of having control over situations that we may not be willing to submit to God. Right, Pastor Derek? I was wondering if you have some ideas to share with, with ourselves and also with those who are watching us. What are some of the ways that we can avoid this trap? Because I think that we also may be, you know, tempted sometimes to fall in this thing. Is there, is there a hope for us? What can we do? Yes, Gladys. I would say, you know, daily surrender to God's will in our lives. Because if we live for ourselves, our, our intentions may be good, but our sinful nature will always draw us to want to be more, to be exalted, to be recognized, mm -hmm. to be praised by others. But even Jesus said, you know, that that when we are praised by others, we already got our reward. So basically, we already know that there is nothing good when we go that round that path. Mm -hmm. But if we surrender to Christ every day, then that connection will keep you closer to him and humble before him. Amen. Yes, Jason. I think we need to be careful not to go with the crowd. If you look mm -hmm. at other stories in Genesis, whether it was Noah or what someone maybe should have been here, uh, the crowd is the one who's kind of pushing for this self-exaltation, kind of like man against God. And mm -hmm. so I think we need to be careful that what we're doing is not just in line with what everyone else is doing, but uh, it's in harmony with God. So not mm -hmm. just following what everyone else around us is doing. Yes, Travis. I think it's important uh, to remember that God is our creator. Maybe even go back to the beginning of our lesson studies here. Uh, because when we, we know that he's our creator, he's the one who, that's where we find our origination. He's the one who sustains us. When we reflect on that daily, um, we become like him too. And, and to remember that, you know, there's no goodness in us. There's just not. Amen. You know, if, so, we, if we don't pay attention, we are led astray. Amen. Thank you so much, Travis. We could keep talking about ways and more, uh, you know, ideas even from texts in the Bible of how to overcome, but mostly it's looking to Jesus. We need to right. be uh, looking to Jesus every single day, wake up in the morning, spend some time with God because mm. we all have the same type of temptations that they had in the past. Yep. And even when we have lived and experienced great things with Jesus, like they have with God, they had been saved from that flood, yet we may be tempted to try to find our ways up mm. from the difficult situations, like they were trying. You know, yeah. there is a possibility that they were doing that big tower just because they were afraid of once again being caught by a flood. Who knows what was going in their mind, but there was a possibility that this is what was going in their hearts and they were trying to hold control and trying to reach God in a place that was not possible. Mm -hmm. But here we have also God's response to this rebellion. And Puya, maybe if you would take us to Genesis 11, 5 to 7, I would like you to please uh, read that passage for us. And in the meantime, if you know, if you could be considering what important lessons we can learn about God's response to this rebellion? 
And I'll be reading from the New King James Version, Genesis 11, verse 5 to 7. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of man had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. Hmm. Hmm. So what are some important lessons that we can learn from God's response? Yes, Gladys. I see love, you know, because God is so powerful that he could have just, you know, send a, a lightning and just strike them all and, and, and kill them all and start again. He could have done so many things. But he said, no, let's just go down and see what they're doing. Let's just go and go come to the level. So I see that, you know, just like God just coming down to, to see with his own eyes, not that he couldn't see from up there, right? To see, come near us because God's intention is always to have that relationship with us. Mm. And his plan is always going to come through yeah. because I, when he uh, confused the languages, his plan was coming through. He said, go around the world and fulfill, fill the earth with people. Yeah. But they all wanted to hub together. Mm -hmm. So by confusing the language, his plan became again, put in motion again. Yeah. Yes, thank you so much, Pedro. No, I think Gladys put it nicely. That, that was what well, I was thinking, the aspect of God's grace mm -hmm. by destroying that force of, uh, of coercion inside the people. It says, no, I'm going to fulfill my work. See, God is in, still in charge. We see through the nations, we say, where is God at this point? Well, God is still in charge and he's coming <laughs> yes. and continue to fulfill his mission, mm -hmm. which is giving yeah. freedom and liberty to all of us. Mm -hmm. And he did that through the languages. Yeah. Let's not allow them to cohort each other through the, through the ways that I have given them to bless each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, Puya. Uh, and I, I would add to that uh, the fact that, you know, uh, this could be seen as God's act of justice, um, uh, judgment rather, God's act of judgment at the same time, God's act of mercy. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I find it so interesting that throughout this, these stories in the Bible, throughout the whole scripture, we find that God has a specialty of turning, you know, really sad and bad situation into uh, something of a good thing in the end to bring about the best result for us, even out of, you know, uh, rebellion. And because by God coming down and, uh, you know, uh, confusing the language, now they had to spread and go, go to different parts of the world. And in, in the end, that fulfilled his original plan for mankind, which is always uh, the best thing for us. So God turned it around to turn it into a blessing. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Puya. That's true. And we see here that that's kind of an irony, right? That they were trying to build up a tower up to the skies and they were mobilizing, as Pedro was reminding, maybe even enforcing some things to make sure everybody was in the same page. Yet God, he, you know, he simply says a word and he's able to join humankind in their level. You know, it was taking so much effort for them to go up while God himself, just in a blink, he's able to join them in their need with mercy, right? We are showing that his power had not been done just with the salvation from the flood, but there was more available. Yes, Pastor Derek. You know, I, I love the, the expression of the Lord, let us go down, mm -hmm. because 
that happens throughout salvation history. Yes. Mm -hmm. And of course, the most beautiful, let, let us go down, is, is the Jesus. incarnation. Yeah. Amen. When the Son, eternal Son of God comes into humanity. Yes. And it's, it's not to destroy us, but to save mm -hmm. us. Amen. Yep. Amen. And so I, I appreciate what you're saying. Even here, when the Lord comes down, as Gladys said, he could have destroyed everybody. Yes. But actually, his goal is to fulfill his purpose. Yes. Yeah, but I'm just so thankful that not only there, but throughout history and most, yes. most beautifully. Of course, he's going to come down again yes. when he comes Amen. in glory. Amen. When Jesus returns Amen. with 10,000 of his angels. Yes. But I'm so thankful for a God who comes down to us yes. uh, to to meet our need and to, and to save us. And yeah. Yes, Amen. exactly. And He is able to do that, always turning back to His original plans, yeah. who are the best ones for us. Right. You know, He yeah. had plans already for that group of people. Mm -hmm. They wanted He wanted them to prosper, right? What's the promises that He is going to give to His people? He saved them yeah. from a very difficult position. He gave them a new creation. He didn't want them to suffer, right, Pastor Derek? He wanted them to prosper. Mm -hmm. And because of that, he also readjusted the plan that they were making that was not a good plan for them and helped them to still have some hope for the future. Mm -hmm. And with that, we also maybe, uh, if Travis would turn with us to Genesis, and uh, we are going to look at Genesis 11, 8 and 9. Uh, would you please read that for us, please? And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it ends up that God scattered his people. And what does that makes you think about God's original plan. Yes, Jason. Well, it makes me think back in Genesis 1 where God said, be fruitful, multiply, uh, fill, fill the earth and subdue it. Go all over my planet. So here they are in this one little place that like God gave us this whole great planet to explore and enjoy. Mm -hmm. oh, wonderful. Yes, Mr. But I also Derek. thought about the day of Pentecost mm -hmm. when, yes. when Jesus came, had come down, yes. the gospel had been clearly revealed. Mm -hmm. And then on the day of Pentecost, he gives that spiritual gift to mm -hmm. speak in other tongues. Yes. Mm -hmm. and because the gospel is going to, all of these people are precious to him. Yes. Amen. So yes. it's like, um, well, God, you made it difficult. No, I'm going to give another gift mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yes. that every nation, kindred, tribe, and people will hear. Amen. about a God who loves them with an immeasurable yes. and unfailing love. Yes, Amen. he'll always make a way, right, Pastor Derek? <laughs> Even if he needs to readjust the course, maybe his desire was that since the beginning they would be able to speak the same language, but because of their disobedience and rebellion, he had to readjust the path. And it's true that we may also may have experienced that in our lives, that sometimes we made bad decisions and God had to readjust our path. And I'm wondering if someone here has one story like that that you'd like to share with us. Mm. Any stories of ways that God have, have had to readjust your path? So we've been studying, me and my friend have been studying the Bible with someone who drifted away from the truth. And so, uh, uh, you know, they were close to God growing up. They, you know, they were brought up in a good Christian home, and, but they drifted away from, uh, from the values that they were taught. So one day they go to uh, 
a shopping store and, and when she was coming out of the shopping store, she found a church right across the street and it reminded her of all the wonderful, beautiful memories. And so she ends up coming to church that weekend. And from there on, we studied and she was rebaptized and committed her life to Christ. So God redirected uh, her life yes. back to him. Yes, Amen. and it's true that any time God is ready to readjust our course, you <laughs> yeah. know, don't let the opportunity pass by and submit your, your life to God. You know, maybe you made bad decisions. There is not enough bad decisions that you will make unless you refuse God that He cannot adjust. <laughs> you know, if you've been doing decision after decision that is bad, just like these people here in Genesis they were doing, there is still time for you, my friend. Just pour your heart to God and turn your face to Him. And He is going to, even if He needs to confound the languages around you, even if He needs to bring you from, from up where you found yourself in some tower that you are trying to build, but He has hope for you, right, Pastor Derek? Amen. And I want to welcome you to subject your life to this God because He is good and He has a better plan than the one that you think is going to succeed. His plans are successful much more than yours, okay? Praise the Lord. <laughs> well, I just wanted to shout hallelujah, hallelujah. as uh, Sabina was closing those thoughts. I felt the Holy Spirit's yes. hand upon you. Mm -hmm. and, uh, that's the grace of God. Amen. Whatever plan, whatever tower you're trying to build, and you go, wait a minute, this isn't God's plan for my life. Turn your face to Him Amen. because He's already moving towards you to embrace you with love and to save you by His grace and to use you to bless those around you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, what a beautiful picture of your unfailing love. Yes. I pray that we would run to you and be safe yes. and that your plan would be fulfilled in each of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, thanks for joining us for Hope Sabbath School. What a great series on the book of Genesis. Don't forget to get that free book. Go to the website, click on the free gift. Continue to learn about a God who loves us and has a beautiful plan for our lives, and then go out and be a blessing to those around you.